What's up, everybody, and welcome in to this special mailbox edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Jonathan Hood. As I record this on Saturday, I cannot wait for SummerSlam emanating from Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. And I uh, want to let you know that we got a chance to talk to L.A. Knight on Good Karma Wrestling. Gabe, Brian, and yours truly got a chance to talk to L.A. Knight. Brief interview, but it's good to be able to see him. And he definitely is enjoying the ride when it comes to being in the WWE. For a long time, he was a heel and definitely getting over as a babyface. Saw him on Friday on SmackDown uh, from Dayton, Ohio at uh, Wright State University. And just the crowd was just with him. Whatever he said, they were with him. And in that matchup, he defeated Sheamus. And so it's interesting to see where LA at Night's going for the future. But I got the mailbox open. I went to my Facebook wall, facebook.com, looked for Jonathan Hood. And there's so many questions about what's going on in the world of wrestling. So that's why I monthly like to open up the old mailbox to see what you have to ask. All right, here we go. Good Karma Wrestling every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. Hope you get a chance to hit that YouTube page, youtube.com. Look for Good Karma Wrestling, and you'll be able to hear all our interviews and watch our shows on Good Karma Wrestling. Okay, David Hogan asked, With All In and All Out only weeks away, we have very little announced for either show. With so much time between their pay-per-views, wouldn't you agree that it would greatly benefit AEW to build matches and feuds leading into these shows? From David Hogan. Uh, Hogan, you are con- absolutely correct about that. You know, it's interesting when it comes to big events like SummerSlam or WrestleMania or Survivor Series or Royal Rumble, that there are builds toward a pay-per-view. You never assume that because you sold, I think, somewhere in the area of 78,000 tickets in the UK, in London, for this show at Wembley Stadium, that you could just put anything in the ring. I heard what Bully Ray had to say. Bully Ray, of course, is wrestling with Impact Wrestling now and a talk show host for Busted Open on Sirius XM. And I heard what he had to say. He said that you just don't announce anything. Just roll anything down the aisle and just don't announce any matches. Well, that's just stupid. Because it's not about just the 78,000 people or more that's going to be at Wembley Stadium. What about the pay-per-view audience? (laughs) You and I that won't be going to the UK. Uh, You and I that's going to be sitting at home on the big screen or on our device to watch the pay-per-view. You have to get fans invested. And so I think it's very odd that the first time that... All In was even talked about was in a promo by CM Punk on Collision a couple of Saturdays ago. I was just kind of like, what? what is going on here? I think that Gabe Neitzel from Good Karma Wrestling, part of our show, said it best. When it comes to WrestleMania, it's WrestleMania season. Is this not all in season or all out season? Whatever it is, right? So, again, when you're dealing with a young booker and has not really owned the company for five years, there's going to be growing pains. And you just never take the fans for granted because even though it's a sold show in Wembley, you still need to be able to let people know, hey, get excited about these matches we have laid out, not the two battle royals back-to-back on Rampage or, you know, these this tag tournament, you know, that had somewhat of a payoff. Uh, last week on Collision. So, again, there's going to be a lot of growing pains, a lot of issues with a young booker and a young owner like Tony Khan. Yes, there should be a build, like any other company, but for this, 
Now they're just starting to build, and it's just the first week of August. Bradley Michael says, uh, who do you think will turn first on the other person? Will it be MJF or Adam Cole? Or do you think they'll both turn heel on Roddy Strong? Well, there's a twist, Bradley. <laughs> what if Roddy Strong uh, gets turned on by MJF and Adam Cole? I hadn't thought about that. What I thought about is, is that MJF is becoming a babyface again, a character babyface. And if he turns on Adam Cole at All In, uh, or All Out, either one of the shows, Chicago or Wembley, then that's a major mistake. Here's why it's a mistake. We've seen him talk about MJF. We've seen him as a babyface before, and it was short, it was fleeting, he was just effing with the fans. What I would tell you is, is that if you're going to go with him as a babyface, as saying, hey, you know, I'm the devil or I'm a scumbag, whatever, that's going to sell merch. MJF saying that I'm a scumbag, that's going to sell more merchandise. As a matter of fact, as a tag team, there's already been a lot of merchandise sold uh, for Adam Cole and MJF, better than you, Bebe. It's amazing how much merchandise they've sold. And so I was very surprised at that. No, what I think is, is that MJF is going to stay a babyface and Adam Cole will turn on MJF. It'll be Adam Cole and MJF in some kind of, you know, group. They'll go against the heavyweight champion MJF. Uh, I'm surprised that this is built almost like a babyface versus babyface match with MJF and Adam Cole, but that's kind of like what we're seeing, at least at this point in time. So I, I think that it'll be Adam Cole doing the turning first uh, before MJF, because MJF is a babyface. You can see how talented the young man is. Either as a babyface or a heel, he's been able to get over with the crowd in a big way. Four questions from the mailbox, like from Evan Thomas. Evan Thomas uh, is asking the question, when do you realistically think Roman Reigns will lose to, and whom? Like, who, when will he lose and to whom? Well, I don't think it's going to be Jey Uso. And again, I'm recording this before SummerSlam, so uh, I could definitely be wrong about this. I just don't think that the build's been very great. I think the story is one of the greatest stories, if not the greatest story I've ever seen in professional wrestling. But as far as um, Roman Reigns and who's going to lose to, I don't know the answer to that. Because uh, Roman has beaten everybody. And if Roman is going to lose to Jay, Jay is getting some kind of response. But why? Who has Jey Uso beaten in singles competition on a regular basis? I know that he just separated himself from Roman and from Solo and Paul Heyman, but where are the singles wins to build up to make you think, hey, 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 wait until he takes on Roman? Yeah, did he beat Roman? Yes. Tag team match, did he beat Roman? I think twice. Okay, great. But as of late, if you're going to build someone for the Universal Championship and for him to be the head of the table... Shouldn't it be Jey Uso really on a roll, taking on five, you know, three, four guys, top contenders, and say, wow, he actually can be able to be the heavyweight champion or the universal champion because he's beaten people. Just pinning Roman in a tag team match as of late does not make me think that Jey Uso is going to be the head of the table. Uh, I don't know the answer to that question. Look at the roster. He's beaten everybody. Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins are as hot as anybody in the company. He's defeated them both. So I have no idea. 
I know that's not a good answer, but uh, if it's Jay, it will surprise me. But I don't think it's going to be him. Are we going to wait for The Rock to come around at WrestleMania 40? Will the after us, the SAG after strike continue where Rock is not working? He's like, okay, I'm available. I'll be around WrestleMania 40. I don't know the answer to the question. Um, Dueto Salgado says, I still believe AEW Collision was made just to satisfy CM Punk. How do you see the new product catering to one wrestler with an ego? Totally disagree. AEW Collision was not built for CM Punk. AEW Collision was built because uh, Warner Brothers Discovery saw the success of Dynamite and said, boy, out of all our shows, this show is consistently either number one, number two, or number three as far as the number of stations and channels that they have. And so they gave AEW two more hours along with the two hours they have on Dynamite and the one hour they have on Rampage and say, Hey man, you can fill the bill. We're not we're just airing reruns on Saturday nights. Just keep it rolling here with this wrestling. And of course, more times than not, it's live. And what was supposed to be house shows on Saturdays now is two hours of collision. And that's not because of CM Punk. CM Punk is, is part of that because he is separate from the Young Bucks and Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Actually, I think this is a good idea because this is clearly a much better idea than Eric Bischoff when he had Thunder. You hear his podcast, even today, he'll say, oh, we couldn't have handled two hours of Thunder because we already had two or three hours of Nitro. Well, it's because they had no ideas. And when you go back and if you were to rebook Thunder, Thunder could have been awesome along with, uh, along with the Nitro show they had. But Bischoff had no ideas. That's why Thunder was pretty much a replay of the Nitro highlights. Here, with this show, this was not built for to satisfy CM Punk. Absolutely not. This show was put on because the company wanted two more hours of wrestling because it's successful. And so, when I look at it, CM Punk, yeah, he has an ego, but so are the Young Bucks, and so does Kenny Omega and John Moxley and uh, MJF. And Ricky Starks and FTR and all these guys have egos. A lot of these guys are former WWE guys. Some of these guys are, are and women are coming from the independents and think that they're owed something. You know, so it's it's a mixture of egos, there's no doubt. But this show is not built just for one person. Now, is, is CM Punk and FTR the centerpieces? Yeah, and rightfully so, because you want to draw an audience. And so since that show's been on Saturdays, that show's been either number one or one through three in the ratings on Sunday or over the next you know two or three days after the show airs, people are interested in it. So, no, I, I don't believe that that's why the show was made. I can tell you it's not the reason why it's made. But I think it's smart booking. As a matter of fact, I can tell you that Collision seems different than Dynamite in a lot of ways. Almost booked totally different. Tommy Bickham says, how long will they keep this awesome tag storyline going with Adam Cole and MJF? Well, I think last Saturday in Hartford, in which MJF took the pinfall, which is amazing, right? He loses the match uh, against uh, FTR and his tag team with Adam Cole. And so at that time, I thought, okay, here comes the change. And somehow, some way, MJF did not turn on Adam Cole. If this tag team continues... I don't know how long it's going to go because 
the merchandise is, is just running off the shelves. Apparently on that AEW shop, it's the number one thing as far as T-shirts and merchandise. People love those two together. Uh, you know, I don't remember Rock and Sock Connection having the number one sales <laughs> when they were together. The, the Rock and, um, and Mankind or, or Mick Foley. You know, there's been a lot of odd tag teams before, but I mean, I'm trying to remember that Hell No, Team Hell No, was the, the, were they number one as far as merchandise? I don't think that they were. The uh, combination of Kane and uh, Daniel Bryan at the time. People love odd. And this tag team, even though I'm not necessarily all into the comedy, I understand why people find them to be an attraction because there's a story there. Because we don't know which way it's going to go. I just know that these two are going to take on one another in Wembley Stadium in London. And I wonder what the result will be at the end of it. Babyface versus Babyface matches, you know, some are good and some are not so good. Because I still believe in professional wrestling, you got to have a Babyface and a heel, a pro protagonist and an antagonist. And so, do they break up by the time they come to Chicago? I have no idea. But so far... From a merchandise standpoint, they seem to be working well. Bobby Ritter says, um, he says, he, good luck uh, on the wrestling and the wrestling show. We appreciate it because we have a fun time doing Good Karma Wrestling every Thursday. And we're trying to build our YouTube as well. YouTube.com, look for Good Karma Wrestling. We have a fun time with that uh, with this show every Thursday. Let's see what else we have here in the old mailbox. Let me flip through here. Daryl Claybrook. Daryl Claybrook says, why does the WWE make it a habit of not pushing wrestlers who are over with the fans like LA Knight and Rusev in the past? Also, he's talking about MJF and Adam Cole. So, we'll hold on a second. So, we'll go to the first one. So, Daryl asks about why does this happen? Well, if you're a fan of WWE, you know exactly why it happens. It happens because I believe that in this iteration of WWE, that Triple H has exactly what he wants, or the booking com committee has exactly what they want when it comes to the show. They have probably booked this out through, I don't know, through October, through November, through Survivor Series, and they had their plans already laid out. Seth Rollins is going to have the championship for this long. Roman Reigns and the Bloodline storyline will continue on to this long. The Judgment Day is going to have... And so when you get an L.A. Knight come out of nowhere and fans are behind him, I'm sure that from the WWE standpoint, they're like, oh my God, we didn't know L.A. Knight would get over this much. Because wrestling has a hard time pivoting. You want to know why this happens? Is because wrestling in general, especially when you have long-term plans, they have a hard time being able to pivot. Imagine your favorite television show, whatever you're watching. And when the ratings come out, people seem to really be into a certain character. Well, the show's already been put to bed. It's been written. It's episodic. You know, they've got their 12 to 15 episodes already taken care of. And so they're ready for season two. Well, they didn't know that a certain character on the show would be so popular. So it's not like they're going to say, okay, take those episodes down and let's rewrite everything. Professional wrestling has a hard time being able to pivot. And I think that that's what's happened with L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight has been doing the same. He's doing the same stuff I saw in Impact, the same stuff I saw him do uh, in the NWA and Ring of Honor. He's doing the same stuff, except it's just a bigger audience. People are into the, yeah, let me talk to you, all that stuff, right? I saw him, I've been seeing him do that for a decade. 
And now for the WWE, it's new and fresh because some WWE fans have never seen Eli Drake or LA Knight. So it's the same thing you mentioned Rusev, and you mentioned, and like I could throw in Daniel Bryan as well. We all know the story. The story is, is that, hey, let the fans be patient. We're not going to rewrite everything that we've done just because a certain wrestler has been able to get over uh, with the crowd. And so after this pay-per-view coming up, SummerSlam, I would imagine that guys like LA Knight will not be in a battle royal with no stakes. That's what this thing is, too. It's ridiculous. It's a battle royal. It doesn't mean that they're going to get a U.S. title match or a Intercontinental match. They're just in a battle royal because Slim Jim is back for the first time since Randy Savage was alive. That's the reason why that they're having this battle royal. This is why Becky Lynch uh, and Trish have been pushed to the side because of sponsorship. So, again, why do they make a habit of doing it? Because they got their own ideas. It's already been written. And they don't have a they don't understand, hey, this guy's hot. Why is he taking on hit roll? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, right? I beat Sheamus uh in Dayton, and that was a sloppy match. That wasn't great, so that didn't help LA Knight. Uh that was not a great match. But I mean, again, he's over with the fans. You know, people talk about work rates. Work rates never matter in the WWE. The guy's over with the crowd just from a couple of catchphrases. Uh and so I don't know. This is what they've always been, so it's not changing. Daryl Claybrook also asks, also, is the MJF Adam Cole storyline AEW's way of mocking or piggybacking off the Bloodline story? No, it's not, it's, it's not mocking the, the Bloodline at all. It, I mean, what you need is more stories in AEW. So, no, no, I mean, anytime that you have the Bloodline, one of the greatest stories that's ever been told in wrestling, because it's still ongoing, it's still fresh, uh, other wrestling companies have to have their own story as well. This is not piggybacking or mocking anything. AEW's always been good with the three, four, five-star matches, but they've always been light on story uh, since their existence. They haven't had meaningful storylines, at least not enough for me as a wrestling fan. So at least you have something, and I think this is what resonates with the audience. Yeah, can Adam Cole and MGF work? Yeah, yeah, they definitely can work. But it's nothing like some vignettes and some stories that can get other fans under the tent to be involved. So, no, it, just because the Bloodline is, is doing their thing, should MLW or the NWA or, or some other companies not have a story? No. Storylines, this male soap opera we're watching, is the hallmark of wrestling. So, it's not, you're not, they're not mocking the Bloodline at all. They're just trying to get more stories in, more so than just having matches. Um. Wayne Pierce says, who would you book to be the next challenger uh, of the Rollins-Balor match? Okay, so the next challenger after Rollins and Balor. Why do I think Finn Balor is going to win this thing? Why do I think that he's going to win at SummerSlam, the World Heavyweight Championship? If he is, hopefully he stays healthy. Because we've been down this road before with Finn Balor, right? Put the belt on him, all of a sudden he gets hurt. Um, the hope is that he can stay healthy. At least that's the hope. Um, that's a great question. Uh, after Rollins and Balor, you know, there's a number of single stars, Wayne, that I think that the WWE can look into. For instance, why can't one of the members of the New Day have a chance for the championship? Just as an example. It's a thin roster when it comes to the uh, raw side, when you think about it, right? 
why can't they, they have the opportunity? You know, Seth Rollins being able to come back and try to battle to be able to win his championship back if he loses it at SummerSlam. Why can't he have an opportunity? There's some guys on SmackDown that actually should go over to Raw to challenge for that championship. But I always say about Damian Priest in the back of my mind, even though the Judgment Day are together, Priest still has that briefcase. It makes me wonder if he ever would cash it in on his own guy, Finn Balor. There's a turn that could happen there. But when I looked at that roster, like, so, like, Owens and um, and Sami Zayn, they're tag team champions. Okay, so we know they're very good as singles, but will they be able to have a chance? Will Johnny Gargano come off of ice? Where has he been? <laughs> I mean, I think he's healthy enough to wrestle, just haven't put him in there. So it just shows you how thin that uh, roster is on the Raw side. Um, but there's a number of, of wrestlers, I think, that would be really good from SmackDown or NXT, Ron Breaker. Uh, that can come over and be able to challenge for that World Heavyweight Championship. So, as always, my friends, I appreciate you checking out the uh, podcast, a special podcast, because we want to open up the mailbox. It's been overflowing with questions, and so that's why I want to do this special podcast. And don't forget, we are really growing at Good Karma Wrestling. Um, just to be able to talk to LA Knight for a few minutes to preview SummerSlam, we've had some terrific conversations as well. Uh, I know that you're listening to the podcast, but I want you to share this podcast with others. Let them know about me, Jonathan Hood, on Good Karma Wrestling every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. We have a really, really fun time uh, being able to provide uh, this content for you. And uh, wrestling's hot. I say this a lot, but wrestling is hot. I mean, not just what you see in AEW and the WWE, but uh, New Japan and all the indies. You start to see more and more stars being able to make money. That's really ultimately what it's about, being able to make money. Uh, and to be able to please us as wrestling fans. So uh, it's a great time in 2023 to be a wrestling fan. we got so many big events to round out the summer into the fall, so I'm looking forward to that. So as always, thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Make sure you leave a message for me at GKW underscore wrestling on Twitter, uh, also on Instagram at Good Karma Wrestling, or, of course, my Facebook wall, Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much, and enjoy your wrestling. The month of August, red hot.